Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everyone, to episode 109 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek, and today we're going to talk about some all-star reserve picks, if there are any notable snubs. We're also going to discuss the ongoing drama with the Cleveland Cavaliers, San Antonio Spurs, and Milwaukee Bucks. Before we get underway, wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter, at FanRag Sports, and for their NBA content, at FRS Hoops, with a Z. FRS Hoops, H-O-O-P-Z. <laughs> Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well. Nice to have you back, Brian. I was the host last time with Mark Karansoulis, and I forgot to add all the... Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have come together to create a better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling you with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. Those crucial details that you just included, because it's on your spine at this point. <laughs> it's all good and yes i'm happy to be back argentina was lovely uh if anyone wants to check out my instagram at beatsaporic there's a picture of me posing with the manu ginobili statue in buenos aires that i made my wife walk an hour to go, go see which doesn't could, look like manu does not at all even remotely resemble manu when she walked up to it she was like that looks like you know, there was that Ronaldo statue, yeah. that, the bust that looks absolutely nothing like him. It's pretty pretty much on that level. Like, if you get close enough, you could, like, sort of kind of see the resemblance. But from four feet away, you're like, this is just a picture of a dude holding a basketball. It's, <laughs> it is not him. But it was, yeah, it was shout out to Argentina in general. Great country. Food is incredible. I, I don't know how Manu left that that meat but i guess he went to texas so he actually oh yeah he's eating well there too yeah speaking of manu mort he was not selected for the all-star game despite fans unbelievable uh amount of votes to get him in but the all-star reserves were announced we were recording this wednesday so they were announced last night uh in the eastern conference we had christophs porzingis bradley beal John Wall, Al Horford, Victor Oladipo, Kyle Lowry, and Kevin Love. In the West, we have LaMarcus Aldridge, Draymond Green, Jimmy Butler, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, and Carl Anthony Towns. 
more, we were pretty spot on with our picks a couple episodes ago mm. in comparison to these picks. But did any players stand out to you as surprises to make the team or surprise snubs? Yeah, I would just flip Kevin Love with Andre Drummond and call it a day, I think. Um, mm. I've seen a lot of backlash to the Clay Thompson selection. Like at what? that, yeah, because it comes at the expense of Lou Williams. Like Lou is having oh, no. a better season, and they a lot of people feel that is solely because of team success. And I'm not really sure where I stand on. I I get the argument. Like Lou's numbers are, like objectively, a lot better. They are, mm-hmm. but you have to factor in Clay's defense and his overall, you know, significance to the Warriors. So it's, right. yeah, like I. I get it. It's the whole four guys from the same team angle. People are getting a little bit pissed about it. But if there's a team out there that deserves to have four all-stars, I mean, right? Yeah. It's yeah. not like the Hawks from a couple of years ago. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I'm i surprised to see that sentiment out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. If anything, I would think like Paul George would be my pick of the biggest snub in the West. Mm. And I know Russell Westbrook agrees with me. Uh, but that said, I don't, I don't particularly have strong feelings either way over, you know, between George and Lillard. I think it's totally fine that Damian Lillard's an all-star. It's weird that he wasn't last year. His numbers are worse this year. The West got stronger this year and he is an all-star, but that just means he was a snub last year. Ultimately. Right. right. Um, but I'm with you. I think, of any player in either conference, Andre Drummond's definitely the biggest snub out there. I would probably pick him over John Wall or Kyle Lowry or, yeah, even, I mean, Kevin Love was really great up until basically Isaiah Thomas returned, but because the Cavs have been in a tailspin for about three weeks now, which we will discuss shortly, mm. I wouldn't have been upset to see Drummond over any of those guys. I kind of wonder, you know, going back to the team success point, if Detroit's recent tailspin contributed to Drummond not making it. Oh, potentially. Um, I do agree with you on on the point of Lowry because when you look at his numbers, they're pretty pedestrian from where he usually is. I mean, mm-hmm. he's down about five points. All right, fair. He's he's playing four minutes less as well, but his efficiency is a little bit down. His PER is down. It seems like he's just playing at a little bit worse of a level compared to last year and that's actually a trend because john wall is having a down year as well yep and then what's kind of funny is last year i was up in arms over carl anthony towns not making the all-star game because he was playing some of the best basketball i ever seen from him and this year his numbers are down again obviously because of the addition of jimmy butler but now he's making the team so it's (laughs) it's a weird weird mix back yeah, it, it really does feel like the team success thing, especially for the reserve picks, which is which are done by the coaches. Yeah, it feels like they really do value the team success component of this. So that explains why the Warriors have four. You know, I I don't think I if I had to guess, I would guess they would not pick both Boogie and Anthony Davis in the starting lineup. But luckily, it didn't come down to them. Um, yeah, I mean it's. The point is, I mean, I think Kevin Durant said this today in response to Russell Westbrook, that there's always a snub in either conference, which is great. Like, I would much rather have an NBA where you have too many guys deserving of an all-star spot versus an NBA where you've got 
an all-star team comprised of Chris Gatling. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. Anthony that's... Mason, Antonio yeah. Davis. Oh, yeah. there are a lot of guys who should never have made an all-star team. Right. Like I, none of the guys selected in either conference are undeserving. It's just maybe you feel someone is more deserving, but yeah. you know, shout out to all 24 all-stars, all of whom are very deserving of the distinction. Uh, and we're <laughs> at least I am excited to watch them in a couple weeks. I know more. You may not be as much. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to dispute that. Look, the All Star Game is usually crap. I mean, this will at least shake things up a little bit. But again, that's it's. It was never about the rosters. It was about the right. lack of competitiveness. So yeah, yeah. So they will announce the rosters, or yeah, the the composition of the teams mm. on Thursday. Uh, LeBron James, again, just a reminder for those who have not been paying attention to the All-Star stuff, they changed the format this year. Now, instead of an East versus West thing, LeBron and Steph Curry are now the captains. LeBron, uh, by virtue of getting the most votes of any player, is the num- he will have the number one pick in this draft, and they'll just go back and forth drafting starters and reserves. Um it, positions don't matter. Um, conferences don't matter. So at this point, they're just going to pick 12 or 11 players each. So Mort, I thought it would be fun since this should go out before the teams are actually announced if we did our own version quickly mm. of, a, of a mock all-star game draft. So do you have any preference on who you want to be, LeBron or Steph Curry? Oh, no, I couldn't care less. But I do have a question. Like, you have to select the starters first and then from there go to the reserves? As far as I understand, yes. So we will start with the eight remaining starters and then we'll go to the reserves. Gotta love the NBA. I mean, (laughs) hey, let's change up the all-star game and let's make it even more confusing for the average Joe to get this. Yeah. (laughs) Right, right. Well, I, I mean, hopefully, you know, I'm guessing people are not all that invested in the process outside of That's those true. who care too much about the NBA. Oh, yeah. Like I think yeah. average Joe is probably just going to like, you know, see the announcement tomorrow and be like, Oh great. Okay, cool. Yeah. Especially cause they're not <laughs> televising the draft. Uh, Which so, John yeah. Wallace against, by the way, I love that. John Wallace like, Hey, that sh- it should be televised. We're grown yeah. men. Hell yeah, it should. You're all earning $15 million or more a year. Oh, I, get I over your hurt feelings. More. I think yeah. at this point we're probably you could probably add ten million to that one. Yeah, I guess you're right. They're, well, and be not until next year. But no, no. But like on average, I wouldn't be surprised. To, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's with endorsements and such. Yeah. All right. So let's see. Since you don't care, I'm going to be LeBron, and that means you will get your first pick of reserves. Which means I'm just going to pencil you in for Jimmy Butler right there. So let's go through the starters first. I'm glad because I was definitely going to do that. So yeah, yeah. and I I don't want to troll you and take Jimmy just because. So as LeBron James, no, my but number you, one, but you couldn't, right? Right. If I was Curry, I I could. Oh but, yeah. Okay. I mean, that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, All yeah, right. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I will be LeBron, and as LeBron, my first pick is Kevin Durant. Oh, that's a good one. I'm probably going to go Giannis. Okay. Yep. That I think those are probably the two clear favorites to go one and two overall yeah, in I that order. So. Uh, okay. So I'm going to go back and 
It pains me to not take Joel Embiid right here, but yeah, I'm going to take know. James Harden. Yeah, I know you will. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but then I am going to take Anthony Davis. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, in that case, I'm mm-hmm. definitely taking Joel Embiid because, you know, LeBron needs to get used to playing next to him since he's going to be a Sixer. In oh, six right, months. right. Yeah. Then I'm going to take Demarcus because I want that combination, the AD boogie <laughs> combo. Fair, fair. Okay, good. Uh, oh, man. In that case, <laughs> we're bringing it back. We're going to get LeBron James and Kyrie Irving reunited. And I'll be forced to take DeMar DeRozan, which is not that inspiring, <laughs> but I'll take it. Yeah. That's fine. Is there any way DeMar DeRozan is not the last pick in the starter draft? No, I think he is. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 think I think he knows it too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I would assume as much. You know, we actually, you don't, so again, you don't have to have positions factored in here, but we both built relatively balanced teams so far. We did. So right now, my team, Team LeBron, is uh, Kyrie, James Harden, LeBron, KD, and Embiid. Mm-hmm. Yours is Curry, Steph Curry, DeRozan, DeRozan, DeRozan Giannis, AD, and Boogie. So you are going to outsize the shit out of me if I don't pick a bunch of bigs as my reserves. But you have the first pick among the reserves. Should I just pencil you in for Jimmy Butler? Yes, you should. Okay, there we go. Um, because I, he he's one of those guys who actually plays defense in the All-Star game. That's true. And you're he's going up against LeBron? Hell yeah, I'm taking Jimmy. Oh, yeah. That's fair. Uh, in theory, I need size. Mm-hmm. But... In actuality, the All-Star game has no defense played, and therefore Russell Westbrook is going to be reunited with Kevin Durant. We're just going to have all sorts of drama on my team. Westbrook is my pick. Yeah, I'm going to take more uh, size away from you because size can shoot nowadays. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take Carl Anthony Towns. Ah, damn it. Yeah, that, that was I was torn between Westbrook and Towns, but yep. I figured Westbrook was not going to make it back to me either way. Uh Oh, man. In that case, we're going to add more drama to my team. We're taking Kristaps Porzingis so he can just sulk on the bench all game about not being a starter ahead of Joel Embiid. Now, see, now I need some combo uh, combo guard size here as well. So mm-hmm. Victor Oladipo is my selection. Ooh, Defense, okay. three-point shooting, athleticism. Yeah. I like that. Um Let's see. I'm gonna go with Draymond Green. I want. Ah, damn you! Yeah. Yeah, I want him. I want him guarding Steph Curry the entire game. I mm. just want to see that happen. I'm gonna go John Wall now. I'm building a defensive squad. I don't care. Ooh. <laughs> Ignoring that, no defense is played. Yeah, in the because this game. is my fantasy, Brian. Sure. Okay. Uh, let's see. Who am I? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna break up the Warriors even more. It's gonna be all the Warriors versus Steph. I'm taking Clay. Wow, Clay? All right, cool. Because yeah. that leaves me with Bradley Beal. Yep, that yep. is fine. You, there you go. You got the Wizards backcourt together. They're functioning so well right now. That's it's gonna be that'll be fun. All right. So there are five players left. Oh boy, this is <laughs> it is it is quickly becoming. You know, if if this were 
a real basketball game, I would take LaMarcus Aldridge or Al Horford right now. Mm-hmm. But because it's an all-star game, I'm going to keep loading up on smalls. We're going Damian Lillard. Then I'm going to take Al Horford because oh, I want boy. a real basketball game, Brian. <laughs> yeah, you're taking... All right, in that case, I'm definitely taking LaMarcus Aldridge. So you're going to have to take Kevin Love over Kyle Lowry, right? God damn it. <laughs> That's one. Th- those, those are the two guys like, I was least. No, you know what? I want Kyle. You're you you're there. stuck with with Kevin. Ah, well, that's good. I you know as LeBron, I can't be sowing the so the the seeds of discord in my locker room. So I will happily take Kevin Love with the last overall pick. You would win an All Star game, me. but I would win a regular game. Yeah. Oh yeah. My, so overall, my team is now uh, Irving, Harden, LeBron, KD, and Embiid as the starters. Westbrook, Porzingis, Draymond, Clay Thompson, Damian Lillard, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Kevin Love as the reserves. Yours, Mort, is yeah, go for it. Curry, DeRozan, mm. Giannis, Brown, and Cousins as the starters. Jimmy Butler, Towns, Oladipo, Wall, Beal, Horford, and Lowry as the reserves. Basketball, so, yes. Brian. That's proper yeah. <laughs> basketball. That bench unit is going to get a hell of a lot of minutes. Like Jimmy, John Wall, Al Horford, Victor Oladipo in the same lineup. Hell yeah. Defense. Your, <laughs> your team is act in a real game, your team would probably blow mine out of the water. But in the all-star game, I'm going to win by 30. Probably. But that is a good idea. It's a good thing I don't care about the all-star game whatsoever. <laughs> that is true. Well, this that was, that was fun. I'm glad we did that. And oh, that's yeah. just a reminder that it could be this fun NBA if you actually televise the damn draft, I don't. But I, I was thinking about this. Like they have two days between when the reserves are announced and when these rosters are selected. So like, how are LeBron and Steph doing this? Are they just like hopping on Skype with Adam Silver? Like it's oh not like God, they that have would be all the funniest two- thing ever if they did, <laughs> right? Like, like so- someone from Skype should definitely just record that whole thing and leak it. Yeah. But I want like all 24 players in a room. I know it's completely impractical because games are being played <laughs> last night and yeah. tonight. But I want like a full out like playground style draft where like LeBron like picks you and then you have to like walk over to his side. And if you're pissed, <laughs> like if Kevin Love is the last pick and he's like just Sulky. sour face. Yeah, yeah. like oh, I can't believe I was in the last pick. I want the hell out of Cleveland. I want to see that. So ho- hopefully next year we get yeah. a little bit more of that. Well, oh, but we'll, yeah. we'll see how this test run goes with this my, new All Star game. My that. team needs a player though. Who who is that? Kawhi, if he was healthy. Oh, oh yeah. Well, let's let's move into the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Kawhi, more uh, it's called a segue, Brian. <laughs> a very good one at that. You know, I was, again, in Argentina until Tuesday, so I'm checking my phone at the hotel as we're getting ready to leave for the airport, and all of a sudden, I see a report about Kawhi, which, you know, I I knew he had been out Mm. again because of the right quad tendinopathy. I just thought, probably an update about that. No, boom, here we go. Adrian Wojnarowski and Michael C. Wright of ESPN say 
months of discord centering on elements of treatment, rehabilitation, and timetables for return from his right quad injury have had a chilling impact on Kawhi Leonard's relationship with the San Antonio Spurs and their coaching staff. Multiple sources apparently described Leonard and his camp as, quote, distant and disconnected from the organization. Camp. When yes. has Leonard ever had a camp? <laughs> this, this, this let, let me just go right into it. I don't believe yep. this. I, I think mm-hmm. I, if Vosh reports something, I think it's because he's heard something. So I don't, I mean, look, he would never make stuff up. Never. Sure. So yeah. he's heard something. But I question whether the source in question he's got it from has understood the situation correctly. Like That's every fair. every sign we've seen from Kawhi since he entered the league in 2011 goes against this very thing. Like this, if this is, proves true, it it means a hell of a lot of ego, which is not something we've been inclined to see from Leonard at all. Mm-hmm. Right. And the fact that the word camp is mentioned just throws me off. That when I read that immediately, I was like, Kawhi's camp, really? Yeah. Like that, he doesn't have a posse, right? Right, right. I mean, he's that. That's not this dude. Barely smiles. He's all about going out, bat play, dominating whoever's play, he's playing against. You know, going sitting on the bench, taking a sip of water, get up because he doesn't have to play in the fourth quarter anyway because it's the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Then shake people's hands, go home, rinse, yeah. repeat, rinse, repeat. Right. I don't. I don't think there's anything there. And also, it was mentioned that supposedly he was not satisfied with the fact that that uh, the Spurs could not get these All Star caliber players to come play alongside him. Yeah, which is Jalen Rose said that. Not yeah. Woj did not. Jalen Rose. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. And when Jalen says something, that. I can definitely refute that one when it comes to <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, hi, Lamarcus Aldridge in 2015. Mm-hmm. Who at that point in time, like people are looking at that as, well, LaMarcus wasn't the best with the first two years. No, no, that's true. But coming in, he was viewed as arguably the the best, second best power forward. Yeah. Yeah, something I mean, he like was that, like right? One of the top, if not the top free agent target that summer. One oh, he the was biggest, the absolute not, top. Yeah, and like one of the biggest, if not the biggest free agent acquisition the Spurs have ever made. Yeah, I mean, so, it, it, that was a huge coup for them. Like, exactly. They usually, they usually don't involve themselves in like major free agent bidding for top tier players like that. But you're right. Well, Marcus, three years ago, was that guy, and he's turned back into that guy this year. Yeah. So that particular uh, tidbit is something I don't believe. I don't believe that. That would just be ridiculous. I mean, look. You have some of the greatest players to ever lace them up playing alongside Kawhi for a bunch of years. They would mm-hmm. be the first to tell him, you know what? We didn't get a whole bunch of free agent acquisitions. We tried as fuck to get Jason Kidd. We couldn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we tried everything. We could not get these big-time free agents coming in. And then, boom, here's LaMarcus for you. So I don't think Leonard said this. I don't think this is a part of it. Like, I think he could be frustrated in his recovery. And yeah. look, we all know that something could be botched medically. Like, mm-hmm. shit happens. Yep. And and I could get that he would be frustrated about that. Like, maybe the medical staff screwed up or whatever. I mean, it would happen. And yeah, sure. I would get that he would 
be dissatisfied with that, but to the point of wanting to leave, no, I don't. I am not buying this at all. Yeah, I I'm with you, and it's, it's worth noting that Kawhi's uncle Dennis Robertson spoke with Jabari Young of the San Antonio Express News. He said, "Quote: There is nothing true to that story." Kawhi's camp and the Spurs are how they've always been, doing the right thing for the team and the right thing for Kawhi. Mm. So, yeah. And, and then, like, R.C. Buford spoke with ESPN, said the same thing. There's no issue between the Spurs organization and Kawhi. And Pop. Yeah, Pop also shot it down. So there have been a lot of people close to the Spurs organization or inside the Spurs organization and close to Kawhi who have refuted it. I... I, I mean, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, Mort. I don't think, like, I don't think Kawhi has gone to R.C. Buford and requested a trade and said, like, you know, giving them the ultimatum, like Paul George did to the Pacers, <laughs> right know, back at no. back last year. <laughs> okay. Like, I don't, I don't think he's saying I'm going to go to the Lakers if you know you don't trade me and when I'm a free agent. Like, that's I, the thing. Like, where would he go? Yeah, right. I, and I, I mean, speaking to the Spurs culture, it seems based on everything we've seen from Kawhi, he seems to be a relatively private guy, which is a perfect fit for the Spurs. It doesn't seem like he wants to, mm. you know, draw all of this attention to himself. He does that with his play. It's not like he doesn't get recognized as one of the best players in the right. NBA. But, you know, he's not focused on like the fashion world or being in all of these advertisements outside of HEB commercials. Like, it seems like he's happy to carry on that part of Tim Duncan's legacy. Oh, yeah. Like, he's just he's just the next in line for, like, wanting to just be this private figure. Um, so it, in that regard, it seems weird that he would be frustrated. I think you nailed it, probably. You know, he's just like, this is the first serious injury he's had in the NBA that I can think of at least. And yeah. it's, you know, it's the recovery has not been, um, it hasn't gone as anticipated or it's been more complicated in that. Like, it's not just like a broken leg. You have a six to eight week timetable. You know, you're going to be back by the end of it. Mm. You know, it's just a straight ahead thing. It sounds like this is just a more medically ambiguous injury and you're not really sure when it's going to get better. Um, it sounds like he's just frustrated, maybe not with the organization, just like, you know, or maybe he, he's frustrated with his own body and he's taking it out on the organization. It sounds like the Spurs have done everything in their power to do what they can to help Kawhi out. I mean, Buford told Woj that they sought outside expertise with the best tendon experts in the world. Tony Parker had a similar injury. He's back already. But it just hasn't worked the same for Kawhi. I yeah. don't think that's. I don't think it's the Spurs' fault. I don't think the Spurs' medical staff should have the reputation of, say, the 76ers' medical staff. Um, right. It just seems to me like he's pro- Kawhi's probably just frustrated with the fact that, you know, it, he's been dealing with this, the Spurs said, since the playoffs last year. So we're coming up on a year now. You know, it, it would be hard for any major pro athlete to have their body not work the way they want it to. So I think that's probably more along the lines of where the tension is coming in. Like, maybe, 
you know, maybe Kawhi and his camp do believe that the Spurs erred somehow medically. Maybe they think he shouldn't have been allowed to play in the playoffs last year, but Pop even said, like, look, we're the franchise that held out Tim Duncan from a playoffs one year, even though he was medically like could have played. We just didn't yeah. want to. We're doing it in the best long best long term interest of the player. It feels like that's happening again. Like maybe Kawhi could play right now, but they know it's not in his best interest to. Like they want him to just be a hundred percent recovered from this. They're and still any player would be frustrated with that, obviously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Joel Embiid was butting heads with the Sixers medical staff a lot mm-hmm. over the, his first two years. And even through last year, like when he was on the court, he was frustrated by his minutes restriction. It's just natural for these guys to want to play basketball. That's that's what they're being paid to do, and they love doing it. So right. I understand the tension there, but I don't think it's – you know, if I'm a Spurs fan, I'm not, like, getting <laughs> a lighter ready with my Kawhi jersey in my hand, I think. Oh, you know what? You know what? Let's just test that out. I'm just going to go to YouTube, okay? <laughs> I, I want to see this. I, I, I'm just going to test because I think you could definitely... I could, You could definitely find something. Um, oh, someone already burning their Kawhi jersey yeah. just from this one report. I just have to filter this in from like last week. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, nothing. Wow. There you go. Good San on Antonio you, Spurs fans. fans. Yeah, they're, re- they're reasonable people. That's nice. I definitely <laughs> thought you had you'd have some weird ass guy doing that, but I guess not. Just so, wait until he requests the trade. Then it's oh yeah, then it's on. <laughs> okay, but uh, but here here's the thing though. If I'm Kawhi, right? Mm-hmm. I also know that I'm in my absolute prime. Yep. You know, I'm 26, about to turn 27 this year. Mm-hmm. and I know that sitting out almost a full year of my prime is a big waste, so I'm yeah. frustrated. I'm not yeah. necessarily asking for a trade, but I can you know, be frustrated with the medical staff. I can be frustrated with myself. I can be frustrated with the organization taking this secure approach to things, obviously. Yeah. And here's what's really important. In every organization, and it doesn't have to be just sports, like in every business, People mm-hmm. will disagree in the workplace. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> it's right. very normal. Yeah. And he, but because this is a big stage, and it, the the NBA has turned into, admittedly, a twenty four seven business. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything is just dialed up on the drama, right? Everything yeah. is like he. Let's let's just take it for what it is. He could have walked out of the doctor's office, and he could have been frustrated. He could he could just have said, "Oh, you know what? Fuck this." Right, right. Someone could have heard that, and someone could have said, "You know what? I think he's frustrated. I'm going to send something to Voge." And that mm-hmm. text he's he sent shot off to Voge could have been worded in a way that sounded like, "Oh, oh, he wants out." <laughs> right. Like, just quiet down there, easy. Yeah. You know, people yeah. can disagree with one another. I'm sure at some point you and I will disagree with each other too. I mean, it'll come. One day I'm 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 gonna turn off the off the uh, turn on the webcam. I'm gonna see you show, shaved off your beard or something, and we're gonna have a fight. Yeah. So I don't think you have to worry about that. But I'm yes. glad. yeah, yeah, I uh, yeah I I think you know let's go into the other Spurs story because I think these are all somewhat interconnected. 
the other big Spurs story of the week, of course, is that Tony Parker, um, prior to Sunday's loss against the Indiana Pacers, Greg Popovich met with him and said, quote, he thought it was time to go with someone else in the starting lineup, according to Michael C. Wright of ESPN. Mm -hmm. So he moved DeJunte Murray into the starting lineup. Parker is came off the bench for only the 21st time in his career, including the postseason, the first time since the 2010 playoffs. Tony Parker. Yeah. Tony Parker, because he plays for the Spurs and because he's Tony Parker, here's his quote about it. I was like, oh, no problem. (laughs) Just like just like Manu, just like Powell, that day's going to come. And if Pop sees something that is good for the team, I'll try to do my best. I support Pop's decision. And I'll try to help Murray out as best I can and try to be the best that I can in that second unit with Manu and Patty. Dude, like that's, yeah. That's, that's how are you going to be, yeah. Like, yeah, how are you going to be mad at that team? Don't ever leave it quiet. If you're actually mad at the Spurs, no other team operates like this. Every other team, there's like major effing drama whenever there's a lineup change. Look at the Cavs, who we'll yeah. talk about shortly. They are like in constant flux. Because all of their players think they're better than they are. They want to all be starters, even though they're all playing like shit. Tony Parker acknowledges he's not 100%. He's going to need a couple more months. He's also coming off of a quad injury. He's like, all right, sure. Let the second-year guy play. Whatever. That's fine. And that goes back to my previous point, like with Kawhi. Where would he go that's an upgrade? Yeah, sure, you can argue the Warriors, but the finances wouldn't work. Right. So... What's the alternative, Houston? Again, finances won't work. Yeah, you, you the only place you'll land, uh, or or sorry, whatever wherever you land will be a worse situation. Yeah, a much worse situation. Right. So it just it does not make any leg of sense. Having yeah. said that, oh my god, I would love him on the Wizards. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. I don't know how you... An auto Porter deal, I'm guessing, and then like 15,000 first-round draft picks for the future. Right. Yeah, like the Ringer published an article after this, like coming up with just cockamamie Kawhi trade ideas. Yeah. And I think the only one that was even close to being there, like all of them were just so far below what I perceive his market value to be that I thought like, if any of those teams called the Spurs and were like, yeah, here, you know, this is this <laughs> right. is what we'll do, the Spurs would just hang up the phone immediately. The only one that was close, I think it was a Denver deal, and it was like Jokic, I think Jamal Murray, uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember who else, and then like a couple of first-round picks as well. Like that's oh, yeah. in the ballpark, ballpark. Yeah. of where we're, we need to start, but it needs to be like two up-and-coming young stud players mm-hmm. plus two first-round picks plus veterans like you it's you can't find a trade that's workable like i mean yeah i, right. I just don't think it's out there i'm just so, gonna screw with you a little bit here ben simmons and markel fultz oh why why you gotta do it to me like that you'd do it especially because fultz right now is a question yeah. mark and ben simmons can't shoot from beyond 10 feet uh, you'd do it come on Stop being a homer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I. It's Kawhi uh, Leonard, assuming he's fully healthy. I know. He's an it MVP. Just accelerates, it accelerates their timetable too much. Like the Sixers are going to hit their prime when the Warriors and the Cavs all start to fade away. But 
that's a that's a, a reasonable that's at least like a good starting place and then you'd throw in like amir johnson or jared bayless for sale, salary yeah. filler or something but yeah like you're not going to find a workable deal for Kawhi. that whole narrative just needs to go away but i did want to shout out tony parker for oh yeah taking one for the team and just being willing it's just it's amazing the spurs the spurs culture you know, I know it's like a running joke about just how much better their culture is than any other franchise. I guess perhaps it's a joke. I didn't know that. Like it's well, completely it's just true. Like, yeah, this is just like what the Spurs do. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's it, kudos, kudos to Pop and kudos to the team for just being willing to right be accommodating. Oh, oh, by the way, if Kawhi's on the trading block at some point, I am going to advocate daily for him to team up somehow with Jimmy Butler to form, like, the <laughs> most intimidating oh. wing defense you've ever seen. Towns plus Wiggins for Kawhi. Shit, I'd do it. I'd do it. That, now that, that because at least you could make the salaries work with Wiggins. You can get off of that massive contract. Yeah, Towns you sacrifice real... Towns. That's big, but yeah. like in, Jimmy and Kawhi are in the same age group somewhat. Yeah. Now that would be, I would do it. Yeah, that would be interesting. Let's move on to the other dysfunctional franchise of the week, the Cleveland Cavaliers. (laughs) Of the week, (laughs) try the last Um, two or three years. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Well, you know, more a couple early in the season, the Cavs were struggling, and we had what we thought was our annual. Is it time to panic over the Cavs podcast? Oh, and we said no. To our credit, we said no. Right, right. And then they reeled off, you know, I think it was like 17 wins in 18 games, something yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous like that. They were. They looked like they were cruising. Isaiah Thomas came back. Tristan Thompson came back. We figured, all right, cool. They're just good to go. Now they are 3-10 and 10 over their last 13 games. Mm-hmm. Kevin Love left the... Uh, they got blown. They gave up 148 points on Saturday to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Kevin Love left that game after only a couple minutes, said he wasn't feeling well, missed Sunday's practice. The Cavs hold a team meeting on Monday, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, um, at where several players challenged the legitimacy of his illness. They were apparently pushing the Cavaliers' management and coaching staff to hold Love accountable for leaving the arena before the end of Saturday's game and then missing Sunday's practice. Um, Woj described the meeting as loud and intense, only calming down once Love spoke to those gathered in the room and explained himself. Frank Izzola of the New York Daily News reported Tuesday that Isaiah Thomas was the one leading the charge against Love in that meeting. More bad defensive and... game recognizes bad defensive game. <laughs> that that's certainly one way to interpret it. Yeah. Uh, well, is it now time to worry about the Cavs? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's been for a while now. Their defense has, has not gotten better as well. If you throw chemistry issues into the mix, it's ugly. Yeah. If they were going up against the Celtics right now in a playoff series, I would. Mm-hmm choose to sell seas pretty handily yep and i think i would even go as far as saying if they went up against like milwaukee or something it would be a toss-up because right now they just seem completely out of whack well milwaukee is dealing with its own turmoil which we will touch upon shortly but yeah it's an upgrade 
Well, yeah. Uh, or, I mean, if you put them against Toronto right now, I think yeah. I'd probably pick Toronto. Yeah. It's just weird, though. I mean, look, uh, you and I have spoken a little bit about this before. Where's LeBron in all this? LeBron is doing, mm-hmm. like, the whole, you know, PR neutral thing. Like, this team has potential, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the thing I've always kind of missed from LeBron. Like, I need his ass to, like, step up and get people in line. I'm not mm-hmm. saying, you know, punch a teammate like Mike did back in the day. But, I'm, <laughs> sure. but, but I'm saying that Mike had this... Oh, God, it sounds like I'm going into the whole LeBron-Mike thing. I'm not. I'm just... I'm saying that when you are one of those greats, you need to be able to just cut the bullshit. Like, Magic was able to do it, too. You know, he, he always smiled for the cameras, but behind the back... You know, behind the scenes during practices... If you did not play well, Magic would call you out. If you mm-hmm. had issues, you know, Magic would make sure that everything was in line. Mike did the same thing, just a little bit more publicly, I think, um, because the media drum was really starting at that point. But mm-hmm. LeBron seems to just take this back seat. Like, I need him to just tell everyone, you know what? I'm going to lead the way. You are all going to shut the F up. And you're going to follow my lead. I'm going to take it from here. You're mm-hmm. going to just feed off, play off of me. And I'm going to do whatever I can to to take us as far as we can go. And you are there to help me. I'm not here to bicker about players leaving at halftime. I'm not here to bicker about, you know, whatever personal dust-up, mix-up, whatever. We're here to win. Get with the program or I will trade you. Because even though I'm a player, <laughs> I have every... Right every gm tool available <laughs> because yeah. i'm giving that freedom if i mean put up or shut up yeah that's what i need from lebron right now yeah yeah i mean it's he has stayed conspicuously silent he you know the reporters asked him about the team meeting he just said i'm not going to discuss it you gotta wonder what's going on behind the scenes there dave McMenamin of espn reported that the meeting quote, highlighted the vision in the Cavs locker room uh, between the old guard, in other words, the players who were around over the past couple of years, versus the new guard, who are the players that Cleveland added this season. Mm. Uh, one player told McMenamin, quote, everybody wants accountability, but nobody actually wants to be held accountable. Another said, and this is another from the old, uh, the, the Cavs who have been around for a while, Quote, there is no trust out there on the court. This is the worst it's been. So, yeah, Mort, I'm with you. It is now time to panic in Cleveland. Uh, as you mentioned, their defense is horrendous. They have the second worst defensive rating in the league. They are point, two points behind the Sacramento Kings. You're not going to win if you're allowing almost 110 points per 100 possessions. It's just not going to happen. And They've that, actually you know, been outscored on the year. Just looked it up. The Cavs have scored 5,039 points on the year. They've allowed uh, 5,041. <laughs> that's that's honestly impressive given that they're still 27 and 19, but have yeah. been outscored. That's interesting. Right. Yeah, I, right. Their offense is impressive. They have plenty of firepower. It's just, mm-hmm. the, you know, when you're starting Kevin Love and Isaiah Thomas, you know, Kevin Love, to his credit, has become not completely a train wreck on defense but isaiah thomas oh yeah you know watching that spurs game on tuesday he's just a shell of himself right now it just doesn't look like he lacks the explosiveness that he had last year which is understandable 
that is a major hip injury he's coming back from. Who knows when, if or when it's coming back. Like You can't assume Isaiah Thomas is going to be the same player that he was prior to this injury. Right. And so the Cavs need to compensate. It sounds like Tyron Lue is going to change the starting lineup or... Yeah, I mean, he, he said after the, their loss on Tuesday, he's going to make a change. He didn't specify what, um, whether it's a change in the starting lineup or just changes in his rotations. J.R. Smith said he's willing to move to the bench, even though he wasn't earlier in the year when Dwayne Wade displaced him in the starting lineup for a bit. I mean, you know, the trade deadline is now two weeks away. Woj reported on mm. Tuesday, I believe, that the Cavs are in advanced discussions with the Sacramento Kings to acquire George Hill. Um, he said they're discussing a package on, centered on Iman Shumpert and Channing Fry. They're also discussing a second-round pick. Do you think Hill is what can cure these woes, or is this enough? No, no, I, I, I don't think it's enough. I think it's, a, it's a definitely a, a step in the right direction. You get mm-hmm. a defensive-oriented point guard in there, or just a guard. You can play both right. guards, Bart, who can knock down the triple. That's a very fine start. You need more. Like you need mm-hmm. more defense. Tristan Thompson was supposed to be this their defensive ace when they signed him to that gigantous contract back in the day, mm-hmm. which I was always against. And people were like, "No, get with the program. Good players get paid." But I, right. I was just never convinced that Tristan was that good. And now look at this year. He he's playing, what, 19 minutes a game. He's missed 20 games because of an injury. Like, he's not playing well. He's not participating offensively. He's just, uh, he's not blocking shots. And if you are going to be a big interior defensive presence, not being able to block shots will draw back because teams know. I know you, you can play all the greatest positional defense in the world, but if you don't block shots these very quick agile guards will attack you again mm-hmm. and again and again, and they will finish plays over the top of you. Um, Hill is a step in the right direction. They need a big, yeah, like who can defend. Yeah. I would sacrifice Kevin Love in a second if I got like a very hardcore defensive-oriented big man in there, especially one who can switch and step out a little bit. So I know we've discussed DeAndre Jordan in the past. So I know you're lukewarm on him. Well, yeah, no, I am. But, I mean, I, I guess he would be an upgrade. Would you do – so would you include the Brooklyn pick now if you're Cleveland? Would you be willing to part ways with that? Right now, if the season ended today, Brooklyn would have the number seven pick. Yeah. That said, they're a game and a half out of fourth, but they're also – a game and a half the other way out of 10th. So there, you know, there, that pick still has high variability into which way it can swing and whether, mm-hmm. you know, if, if Memphis, once Conley comes back, if, and when Conley comes back and if Memphis doesn't trade Gasol, you got to figure they're going to take a couple steps up. Chicago just got Zach Levine back. If they keep Nikola Miritich, we'll see what happens there. You know, Utah just got Rudy Gobert back. So like, a number of teams in the lottery could take a step in the right direction moving forward. But then again, right. Uh, Phoenix, the Sacramento and Atlanta could just go full on youth movement. And, you know, Brooke, they could push Brooklyn out of that top four or five 
So yeah, are you if you're the, the Cavs, are you willing to dangle that Brooklyn pick? And if so, for who? It is such a good question. It all comes back to one other question: mm-hmm. Is LeBron gonna leave? Yeah, it's it's it really comes down to that. Uh, only comes down to that, I should say, when when we're discussing the Brooklyn pick. Mm-hmm. And I'm I still don't feel confident in him staying. Do you? No. Oh no, absolutely not. I mean, so, I think yeah. Cleveland, they're not going to get that certainty one way or the other. Right. Unless shit just goes so far off the rails in the next two weeks that it becomes clear that he is going to leave. But otherwise, he's not going to commit one way or the other before July. As, let me, let you me know, flip as it well on his head. Should. Let me flip it yeah. on its head a little bit. Let's say the Cavs are just going to go, you know what? Whatever we do, it's not going to be enough. He's going to bounce anyway. And we're sitting there, if we give up the Brooklyn pick, with a bunch of back contracts, potentially, and yep. no LeBron James. Mm-hmm. What do you flip it and you just go, you know what, LeBron, thank you for everything you've done. But during this trade deadline, we're going to trade Isaiah Thomas. We're going to trade Kevin Love. We're going to trade Jay Crowder. <laughs> we're going to trade Kyle Korver. <laughs> we're going to get all the picks that we can get in return and young players or whatever. Like, yeah. We'll even take on some bad deals, or whatever. I and you think... just, you just, no, like you blow it up, and you just tell LeBron it's, it's, it is what it is. Like the reason I mentioned, it, it's not going to happen. Obviously, right, it's right, not going right, to happen. Right. But like, if it somehow did, I could not at any point fault the Cavaliers for having that line of thinking because no. of the uncertainty that is with LeBron. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, selling that to your fan base, there's no oh, yeah. chance of no, 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 no. And also, I'm not sure like what trade value does Isaiah Thomas have right now. You're getting his bird rights, sure, but like you're getting the right question. to overpay a guy who's coming off of a major hip injury, who's heading into his 30s, who is already defensively limited. I don't know that your bird rights necessarily mean all that much unless you're just already capped out and you, Mm. you know, you wouldn't have the cap space. So like, I don't know that any of their players outside of LeBron would fetch a significant return and LeBron can veto any trade. Yeah, exactly. That's why I didn't mention him because he has the trade, no trade clause. Like Kevin Love, you could probably get something for. Yeah. Like I'm wondering if maybe... Like, would you do Kevin Love in the Brooklyn pick for Marcus All? No. No, I again, I'm not, I'm not giving up the Brooklyn pick if I, I don't know what LeBron is gonna do. Yeah, I, just, I, I don't dare take that gamble. I mean, okay, That's, look, yeah. Marcus Saul is great, mm-hmm. but I kind of, if, if Marcus Saul is the target, then Kevin Love is sort of a necessity. So you have like a center power forward duo who can both stretch the court yeah like that would be too much to give up like if you're going all in you need to keep kevin and you need to just add to it like then it would be tristan thompson and the brooklyn, and the pick. brooklyn pick yeah would you do that yeah i probably would because it's mark fucking gasol yeah but I, that's that's like again it would have to be such a slam dunk right. which it would be because it's mark gasol Right, right, right. And, and I don't think that trade is available. I think Memphis looks at that and goes, eh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would hope so. But 
I mean, overall, I think you're right in that, you know, going back to the George Hill thing for a second, I, I don't think that's enough. I think that, as you mm-hmm. said, it's a step in the right direction, especially if they don't have to give up a first-round pick. Yeah. Uh, in which case, Sacramento, what the hell are you doing? Like, the, the report of that was reported about this, you know, potential deal, he also said Sacramento has to clear a roster spot to take on one or two additional players in a trade with Cleveland and has been discussing deals for Malachi Richardson and Scal Labissieri. If they give up on Scal for, like, pennies on the dollar, every nice thing I said about the Kings in the past year I take back. Yeah, that, I, I saw that. That caught my eye as well. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah, but so maybe, I mean, if if Cleveland doesn't have to give up a first-round pick in this George Hill deal, and I don't think they necessarily should have to because it's clear the Hill-Kings marriage is ready to dissolve as oh, yeah. soon as humanly possible. I think getting a second-round pick for him is considering how much he's owed next year, that makes sense. If you could dangle, you know, if Cleveland can dangle its own first-round pick and get a Lou Williams, a Tyreek Evans, a Nikola Miritich, that's interesting. Yeah, I think if you're great. looking for a big man, you probably, I mean, you definitely shouldn't have to give up a first-round pick to get Nerlens Noel. He and should if be you available get, for free. If you get Nico in... That also allows, like, for a a love trade. At least mm-hmm. if you get Nico in for somewhat cheaply. Yeah, yeah. Or Dwayne Dedman's another guy who I think makes right. a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. On an affordable contract. Rippers are starting shooting threes at Wells. Yep. So yeah, yeah. I mean, there there are <laughs> options out there. I would be shocked if Cleveland did not make a significant move or two heading into the deadline because it seems clear over the past few weeks that something is not right with this group and that this group will not, as currently constructed, not only will they not beat the Warriors, but I'm not convinced they make it out of the Eastern Conference. So we'll stay tuned on what the Cavs do to shake out of their annual January slump, but it seems safe to predict something big is around the corner for Cleveland. Speaking of something big being around the corner, the Milwaukee Bucks, Mort, mm-hmm. fired Jason Kidd on Monday. Kind of out of the blue. I mean, he's been subject to some fan criticism, a lot of fan criticism, a lot this year. Yeah. But uh, there was no, you know, usually when these coach firings happen, you start to get some rumblings that players are dissatisfied, particularly Giannis Antetokounmpo, their star player. Instead, Apparently, according to Ramona Shelburne of ESPN, Giannis called Kid uh, 15 <laughs> minutes before Kid was notified that he had been fired and offered to help save his job. So I guess they told Giannis before they told Kid, which is kind of messed up. Um, but in a statement, general manager John Horst said, we appreciate everything Jason has done for the Bucks organization, but we have decided to make a coaching change. We believe that a fresh approach and a change in leadership are needed to continue elevating our talented team towards the next level, yep. bringing us closer to our goal of competing for championships. Mm-hmm. More, do you agree with this move? Yeah, I do. Look, this roster has had... All right, let's just go uh, over it. They have played 46 games, the Bucks. Mm-hmm. They're 24 and 22. Yep. Of those 46 games, Giannis Antetokounmpo has played 42. Chris Middleton has played all 46. 
Eric Bledsoe has played in 36. Malcolm Brockton played in 44. Tony Snell and John Henson, 41 and 45. That roster is too damn good to be 24 and 22. So I think this is one of those times where you definitely look at the coaching spot and say, you know what, you're not maximizing the output of those players. Like, sure, Giannis has major stat lines, and Chris Middleton is averaging 25 and 4. That's great and all, but that it's not leading to us playing like 600 or 65 ball. Right. Which we need to, at least. That roster yeah. right there should be, they, they should be, I don't know, 32, 30, 34 and 12? Yeah, I mean, they should at least be. Right now, they're 7th in the East. They're a half game ahead of the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, they're they're flirting dangerously close to not being in the playoffs. They're only a game and a half ahead of the ninth seeded Detroit Pistons. So It's just not good enough. So I think this is yeah. one of those situations where, yeah, it makes sense. And now you have Jabari Parker coming back as well. So when he mm-hmm. comes back, it's under a new coach, which I kind of think is a good sign. Then he mm-hmm. he doesn't have to, like, reintegrate himself during a coaching change like when he integrates sure. himself it's it's a it's a, with a system that that he gets comfortable with right off the bat that which i think is going to prove valuable for him down the line but yeah this team is just too good to be where they are right now so good on you bucks honestly and as for who to bring in that's the big question isn't it yeah i i would think so so you you have a I think a lot of people have made this comparison, so I don't want mm. to be credited for being novel here, but this feels sort of like a Mark Jackson and the Warriors. Yep. Like he yep. he pushed them from average to good or even good to great, but like they're the step the next step from where they are to championship contender. Right. He reached the end of his road. What was that line he used a couple of years ago on the broadcast about like butterflies and caterpillars or some stupid shit like that? Oh yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> the, I, I remember that, but it's it, it's a true phenomenon. Phenomenon because you have like Scott Skiles back in the day mm-hmm. with with the Bulls as well. Like he could only take them so far. Yeah. And then of course they botched it up by you know they brought in Vinny Del Necro, which right. <laughs> You know that's not gonna, it's not gonna help anybody. But they were right. He was gonna get them to a certain point, and that's it. Same with Mark Jackson, and I think it's fair to say that it's the same thing with Jason Kidd. The question mm-hmm. now is, the next coach they bring in is that gonna be a Vinny Del Necro, or is it gonna be a Steve Kerr? Right. And this this hire is going to be absolutely crucial for them moving forward. Yeah. I we cannot underestimate just. How much pressure internally uh, the box have on them right now in regards to who they're going to hire? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they necessarily should go back to the old coaching dwell. Like, hey, Jeff Van Gundy. Mm-hmm. Or the guys who've been in the NBA before and just honestly did not win. Like, you know how in the early double zeros here... A lot of those old guys, they were brought back like, oh, this is a coach for us. He's old and he's good and tradition, (laughs) traditionalist. I think they need something new. I I think they need something fresh. And I hope for their sake that they have a a search that spans around the globe. Yeah, I think that's a really vital point. Um, Do you have any ideas in mind in terms of who you'd like to see take the job? 
So I just said they shouldn't, you know, reuse coaches. Mm-hmm. But I don't think David Blatt ever got a shot. Mm. Interesting. I don't think he, when he, you matched up with LeBron in that sense, mm-hmm. I don't think you should be judged because LeBron is very particular. Right. Why not? I mean, Giannis, a Greek player, by the mm-hmm. way, they will immediately have a connection that he at no point was able to get with LeBron. Yeah. Right. I mean, as you said, Blatt was brought in before LeBron came. Like, he was hired to kind of coach a rebuilding team, and then LeBron came and it just right. changed everything. Right. So it, it it is reasonable to assume he did not get a fair shake in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even we said this a couple episodes ago, but dating back to LeBron's time in Miami, like, there were rumors and speculation and it felt like Eric Spolestra throughout that entire four-year tenure was on the hot seat. And now look at him. He's, you know, widely considered one of the top five coaches in the NBA. Right. So it's just LeBron has this history with coaches where he tends to butt heads. And I, I don't know how much should be, how much blame should be placed on David Blatt for that necessarily. It does seem like Giannis, This is going to sound unfair, and I don't mean it to be, but it seems like Giannis is more coachable than LeBron, if only because Giannis is younger and he seems more open to, you know, LeBron now, he's 15 years into his NBA career. He knows, Mm -hmm. like, what it takes to create a championship contender. Um, He has his own way of doing things. I think Giannis is more inexperienced, still growing into that superstar role. So maybe... He's more willing to, you know, if Blatt is hard on him, like maybe he doesn't tune it out the way LeBron might. I think that is completely accurate. Also because of just the European connection. Yeah. 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 Like Euros don't really tune out their coach to the same extent that Americans do. Sorry, but that's true. Like I'll Uh, fight anybody (laughs) who says differently. I just got, I I know who's going to be the next coach. What? Voldemort. (laughs) <laughs> he's getting experience right now he's doing some assistant coaching within the big baller brand challenge i hope he's seth Hartnow his... quits on the spot <laughs> oh man yeah i love the analytics team to go up to the front office to be like hey guys mm. we we have a really you know we've been great in our tenure we helped you unearth gems like don maker and malcolm brogdon here is our boldest scheme yet. <laughs> we, we could get a package deal with LaMelo Ball, LiAngelo oh, no. Ball, and their father, three okay. and one. Who says no? Oh, no. no. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's, it's unclear even whether Milwaukee is searching for a coach now or if they're going to wait till after the season. Joe Prunty, their assistant coach, is being named interim coach mm. for the time being. So... We'll see. It, it just—it's too early, I think, for the Bucks to really know what they're doing next. It's—it's um, going to be really interesting because, as you said, more like this team. They—they are—they definitely have underachieved. I mean, their yeah. defense ranks among the bottom third in the league, uh, and they have the personnel to be far higher than that. So, if Prunty or if their new coach can get this team on the same page, like. 
we we both I think pegged Milwaukee as a potential dark horse finals team. We did. Like, there's and there's still I'm, time. There is, and they also have time. Or that's probably for the next season to bring in another coach who I just completely forgot about because we agreed that the coach or the Spurs coaching tree is a legit thing, right? Oh yeah. Becky Hammond. Yeah, I was going there. Yeah. You actually have two candidates. It's Becky and Messina. It's Ori uh-huh. Messina. Yeah. Like you could go either way. Both would be fascinating. Yes, they would. Yeah. I think you're right in that a retread is not the way to go. Yeah. You should definitely Unless it's to... David Blatt because he never got right. a shot. Right. <laughs> right. I, I hardly even count that as a retread. But yeah. Do not hire Doug Collins. Do well, not. You can't. He hi- he was hired by the Bulls oh, yeah, to do right. virtually nothing. And, <laughs> and oh no no wait, it's like he's woke. I forgot. Oh yeah, he's woke. Right. Oh god. <laughs> oh Lord, Lord have mercy. And also not like Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, people yeah. like that. It's just a no. Just right. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's a new I, league. Yeah, I would agree with that. Oh, oh, by the way, while we're on the coaching thing, right? Like, if Toronto decides to... Like, if they underachieve in the playoffs and they fire mm-hmm. Dwayne Casey... Oh. Like, am I crazy or should they just go to the Spurs, go through their entire assistant coaches list yeah. and just say, you know what? We'll 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 pluck one of them. Because, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. It worked for the Sixers so far. Hey, Brett Brown's been brilliant. Mike Budenholzer has been yeah. great as well. I mean, they're just rebuilding in Atlanta, so right. I mean, that's one thing. Ime Udoka as well. Oh, God, they are loaded. Yeah, yeah. It, I, the Spurs coaching tree is a very real thing. Yeah, it is. Le- learning from that success for as long as they've been able to sustain it would be invaluable, especially for a team like Milwaukee that – has a bunch of young talent and should be on the rise and very well could be for the next five to 10 years if they get mm-hmm. this higher right. So, but that's the it, thing they need to get this right. They have, yeah, like, the, the, I'm not gonna, this is not to sound dramatic. Like I mentioned earlier, the NBA has way too much drama <laughs> as right. it is, right. but Bucks fans, this hire literally, like, everything hinges on this hire. Yeah. Like you should not be able to sleep at night for the next couple of months. <laughs> not to be dramatic, right. but you can't sleep for the next three months. Exactly. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. Uh well we'll keep an eye out on what happens on that front, and especially again the trade deadline's two weeks away, so it sounds like Milwaukee could be active there as well. Should make for an interesting couple weeks ahead. <gasps> Rodney Hood. As a as a landing spot in Milwaukee. Oh, wouldn't that be grand? Yeah, we we'll talk more next episode of again, kind of just summing up all the latest trade rumors. But as Mort mentioned, Rodney Hood, Mark Stein, I think was the first to report this of the New York Times that the Jazz are shopping Rodney Hood or are willing to part ways with him. Tony Jones of the Salt Lake Tribune added to that said they've accelerated discussions, and it's more likely than not that Hood is elsewhere come February 9th. Um, yeah, I mean, when I saw that report, I was like, shit, what team wouldn't 
Like, right. what team couldn't use Rodney Hood? But, like, could you just imagine having Middleton, Rodney Hood, and Giannis in some capacity as your two, three, and four? <laughs> I, I, the only problem is where does that leave Jabari Parker? But Hey, two ACL tears in the same knee, Brian. Right, I know. I, I'm not... Six, man. I'm, yeah, I'm not advocating for, you know, building your future plans around Jabari for that very reason, but... Right. It's at least a factor. But, but you would shit, love it because I mean, that's his former teammate at Duke. Oh, that's true. Or, I mean, hell, make Rodney Hood the sixth man. I kind of dig it. Kind of dig it. Yeah. Brogdon and Hood off the bench? Oh, yeah, Brogdon too. God, see, that's what I'm saying. Milwaukee is just too damn good. They are too talented to be in this position right now. Yeah. Good on you, really Milwaukee. Are. Good on you. Yeah. Yeah. They really are. Uh, all right, Mort, before we wrap things up, you want to do a crush of the week? Oh, should I have prepared a crush of the week? <laughs> I can go first if you want to ponder for a minute. How are yeah. you not going to take Zach Levine? I just figured this comes natural. Nah. Oh, harsh. No, but all like, right. I, I look, it, it, okay, Zach was, I saw, I've seen the game so far. Yeah. Offensively, Zach does look awesome. Uh-huh. But defensively, he's been like... He let's let's just say Derek Rose, but with the torn ACL. Like, like <laughs> it's just it's been so bad. Like he's his defensive IQ and his reaction pattern has been so so bad, and yeah. to the point where I, I was looking at it and just going, "Oh, that's nice, sack that you're averaging 13 a game. You're probably giving up 20 in the <laughs> 20 minutes that you're playing." So, no, I'm a, I actually know who I'm going to, and it's a. Yeah, it's it's a guy who everyone knows. I don't care. He's an all star, but you gotta go with Bookie. Twenty oh, oh my god. Yeah. 44, 24, 10. Like he just annihilated the Bulls. And again, look at those numbers for the season. I'm just gonna read them again. Twenty five and a half points, almost thirteen rebounds, five point two assists, one point six steals, one point five blocks. And he's shooting almost 36% from three, 75 from the line on eight free throw attempts. Dude, I'm yeah. going to have like a, a crush for a long time on Bookie. Yeah. I, I that, that game was on Monday night, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I landed in Miami Tuesday morning at like 6 a.m. Checked, like turned off airplane mode, went mm-hmm. to ESPN to see... Because I had some friends trolling me about the Grizzlies beating the Sixers. Uh, and then I see DeMarcus Cousins. It's a 40-20-10 game. It was just like, okay. God damn. Yeah. yeah. You're right. I don't care. that It breaks the rule of the crushes, but that is one where it is very deserved rule-breaking. Because mm-hmm. holy shit. That yeah. was... And he just added in four steals and five threes just for the yeah. hell of it. Why not? Why yeah. not? He's a center, drops in yeah. five threes, whatever. He has, a, yeah, five threes and ten assists from your center. Yeah. Ugh. This is the league that we're in right now. Well, I'm going to go to a throwback big man then. Oh, nice. I'm taking Bismack Biombo of the Magic. What? He's been playing well. Look, look at, since... Since Vooch got hurt, yeah, he's played 27 minutes a game. Uh-huh. He's averaging about nine points, ten rebounds, two and a half blocks. 
55% shooting. He's not, I mean, compared Jesus, to... That, pre- that actually flew under my radar. He's even yeah. hitting 85% from the foul line. Yeah, 88% over that stretch. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at the last 14 oh. games. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, he, like, they handed him that horrendous contract two years ago. Yeah. And we all were like, what the hell are you doing? And then when they didn't trade Vooch, we were doubly like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Why did you just pay $18 million to a backup big man? It makes you wonder. Like, should, you know, if... I think Vooch is probably not going to be back healthy before the trade deadline, right. but... I, you know, I I know Orlando is terrible either way, so it's, yeah. it it wouldn't surprise me if this production has flown under the radar for a lot of people because who who's paying attention to a Magic team that's gone off the rails? No, but. I just realized why he flew under the radar for me because I I saw the Boston game on the twenty first oh, yeah, where he had yeah. four points Nothing. and zero boards, <laughs> yeah. and I also caught the Houston game like early this month where he was like mm-hmm. four and four and five four and six six yeah like so yeah. Yep. But that yeah, but then the game before the Houston game he had thirteen points, seventeen mm-hmm. boards and three blocks He also Brooklyn. had a twenty one thirteen game. I remember seeing that box score and I was I was kinda of laughing, going, Well, that's gonna be the best game of his season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. but all right, you know what? I am um, hey, look, everyone can uh can can oversee unintentionally a magic player. You're right. Yeah, right. I think that's fair. I I just think he deserves a shout out for playing yeah. well in the expanded opportunity. It hasn't changed anything in terms of the magic season, mm. but you know, maybe that loosens the door on a Vooch trade heading into the right. trade deadline. Maybe it shit. I mean, no one's taking his contract, but maybe it boosts his value in a salary dump if you know, if uh Orlando was going to take on a bad contract from Charlotte or someone like that. Maybe, mm. maybe Biombo is slightly more enticing now, but regardless, either way, uh, shout out to Biombo for thriving in the increased opportunity that he's received. Do you think that his contract is looked at potentially worse because there are some uncertainties about his age, by the way? No, I think it's just horrendous either way. It's, like yeah. it's eighteen million a season, right? No, but I like considering he has thirty four million left on his deal after this year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that it's a lot of money, but it's not like otherworldly. Yeah, and if he is like his listed age, which is twenty five, mm-hmm. I could sort of see someone like looking at him and going, "You know what? Maybe big men develop late, whatever." But if there's like a heavy load of of general managers in the league who believe he's like 29, right, that changes perspective the the perspective. Yeah, no, I, I think I don't, I don't think it matters. I think no <laughs> he could team be 49 doesn't matter. Contract. Yeah, he could be 19, and no one would take that contract. I, I just think that that ship has sailed. But at least you know it, this re, this past month or so should at least give the magic some form of encouragement that if they trade Vooch and install Biombo as their full-time starting center, he can, you know, Aaron Gordon can play well next to him. He can at least provide some semblance of rim protection and yeah. a rebounding force, even though he's offensively very limited. Uh, you know, at, at least they didn't just piss $17 million a year down the drain if they 
are able to trade Vooch either at the trade deadline or over the off season. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. So, looking over the league right now, just in, I was looking, uh, going off of the 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 crush of the week. I just realized mm-hmm. that something else has snuck up on us a little bit. Miami should deserve like a crush team crush of the week. Yeah, they're twenty seven and twenty. So, uh, not sure how that happened, but Alana has bragging rights. She really does. Yeah, shout out Alana Tahauer. Follow her on Twitter because she. I think we mentioned that a few weeks ago, where she uh, she warned us before the season that the Heat could be a top four seed, and so far forty seven games in, yeah, they are a top four seed. They're a game ahead of the Washington Wizards for number five. They're only at half game behind the Cleveland Cavaliers heading into Wednesday, mm-hmm. and Minnesota is three in the West. Yeah, tied with the Spurs right now, but. Those franchises are heading in very different directions uh, mm-hmm. at the time. So, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy Butler, people, remember when it comes to MVP time, MVP consideration at yeah. the very least. Well, my LeBron James for MVP is suddenly looking to be on very shaky footing. So, this race is even more wide open than it was a week or two ago. Well, I picked Kawhi Leonard, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, All right. On that note, thank you all for tuning in today. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bios to give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes. So please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We would love any feedback. We're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports. So check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and further NBA content at FRS Hoops with a Z. F-R-S-H-O-O-P-Z. As always, I'm Brian Taporic, and I was joined by Morton Jetson. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Your family is special. That's why Pathways Financial Credit Union offers many mortgage options to help you buy that special home or refinance your current home. Pathways offers some of the best rates and lowest fees you'll find anywhere in the country. As the fastest growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years, you know you can trust our mortgage professionals to do what's best for you. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA.